0: Welcome to Facebook Live. We're back together, and um, my thanks to all of you for all of the messages of support while I was off in recovery mode uh, during uh, my 10-day exclusion from school after testing positive. Again, many thanks for all the wonderful messages of support and uh, and all that you offered uh, to me as I was uh, working towards recovery. Uh, I've been back in the saddle since Monday, and it's certainly good. Uh, to be back in school, be back amongst uh, kids and staff and parents uh, really enjoying uh, interactions and and being back here. So uh, thank you again, one and all. Uh, We've got a bit to uh, get through tonight, Um, so I'm hopeful that Dr. O will join us in a little bit. Uh, He uh, has been tied up today. We've been doing many presentations uh, in a variety of settings, Um, And so we'll uh, get to our questions just a little bit later, but I'm going to throw up sharing here uh, and then bring in some guests uh, to kick it off tonight. If you give me just a second to make the switch over here. I'm using a new feature in uh, 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 Zoom uh, to allow me to superimpose over uh, uh, PowerPoint presentation tonight. So I've got some information, things to share with you, and I'll be able to talk to you directly from the screen and uh, we'll have lots of good conversation. Uh, Just a reminder that uh, I am gonna be keeping track as administrators will be of questions that are emerging in the comments stream. So happy to take those, Uh, but mainly questions are over in the Slido. So please feel free Uh, to jump over there as well uh, and add your questions or vote for questions that are already there. Uh, Links for that uh, are in the comment stream already uh, for the event tonight. Uh, Facebook changed their structure a little bit. And so the posting that's in in the parent channel is the event, which has links in it. And then once the video goes live, we have a separate chat stream Uh, for the video. So you may have to go back to Facebook to look for those links to um, either the Slido or if you want to join us here in the Zoom room, you're welcome to come and join us here as well and speak with us directly at various points uh, through the presentation tonight. So please uh, feel free to pop in and join us in live. Uh, Know that you'll have to mute your Facebook because there's there's a lag between the two channels uh, between what we're doing live here on Zoom and what is appearing on Facebook. Facebook's about 20, 30 seconds behind us on the live channel. Um, so I want to welcome uh, two of our board members tonight. Uh, Greg Littles here and Anna hooten uh, two members from our, our board of directors. Uh, if you saw e-notes tonight, uh, you saw a message about uh, our process that begins tonight in earnest. Uh, for board membership. And so I'm going to take uh, and put uh, Greg's slide up here and uh, open it up. Greg, welcome. Thank you, John.
1: It's good to be back. I guess it's been, uh, I don't know, three or four months since I joined you on this, but I've been watching um, each of the town halls. It's good to have you back in the saddle, John. And <laughs> uh, glad that we're also joined tonight by Anna hutton Um So hopefully you can all see Anna now. Uh, Anna is the chair of our Governance Committee. And uh, one of the key roles of the Governance Committee on the board is to um, create a pipeline of trustees and then shepherd the process of the appointments and the elections every year. And we're rapidly approaching that period of time. Um, And so Anna and I are joining John tonight to uh, provide a little bit of information. And if there's questions out there, put them in the chat pod um, for us and we can uh, maybe get to those before John goes and deals with the full Slido deck of questions. Um, but wanted to give everyone in the community who's, who's online tonight a bit of a preview of what's coming, a couple of key dates to keep in mind, and um, and some guidance of how you can get involved if, if this is something that, uh, that you find is uh, interesting
0: to you. So
1: why don't we jump over to the graphic, John?
0: It's up I'll on the screen to- for you. Go ahead.
1: Okay. I can't see it. All right. Um, so on, on the screen, you can see that um, there, all the different positions on the board are, are identified there in the upper left-hand corner, there's two positions that are designated by the ambassador of the U.S. Embassy. And then uh, below that, there are five uh, positions that are appointed by the board, two of which are American citizen positions and two of which are non-American citizen positions. And one that can go either direction Uh, below that you also see that the board has an option of appointing a 12th seat that's somebody that doesn't necessarily have to be a part of our community whereas all the rest of the positions do below that you'll also see that there's four positions uh, two American and two non-American and they in alternating years uh, one of each gets elected onto the board for two-year terms so for example Anna is uh, finishing up she's about a year and a half through her two-year term as an elected board member. And so this this spring's election, we will be electing, re-electing people into Anna and her American colleagues positions for next year's board. Uh, Why don't I turn it over to Anna and see if she has um, some anecdotes or comments that uh, that you'd like to add about your board experience and and any advice that you might have for prospective or interested board members. Uh,
2: Good evening, everybody uh it's it's very nice to be here i'm i'm quite fresh on the board because it's only my second year uh but i must say i really enjoyed it and i would like to encourage everybody to try it's a great experience it's a good way to give in a bit different way than the usual pto job uh you you learn you you give from another side like you 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 learn a lot also And for me, I I must say, from my point of view, it was mostly I did it for myself. Like, uh, of course, it's nice to say I'm contributing, but also you learn a lot, you gain a lot, you learn from the people, you learn about uh, how international schools operate, how nonprofit schools operate. And I must say, we have some best practices here. And there is a lot to discover for you, a lot to learn, a lot to give. And this is also a way to show your children uh, that you care about their education, not only in this narrow point of view, like uh, grades and uh, school reports or after after school activities, just that you are interested in education as a holistic experience, like, and you want to get involved. So I, I really encourage you if you want to try to see uh, there is a board meeting on Monday, February 15th. Please join us. Uh, there is a part that is open to public. Also, uh, there are a lot of documents that are open to public uh, in the board folders, so you can see what what are kind of issues that the board deals with you uh, deals with and uh, then there is after the break uh there is this asp- aspiring uh, board uh, member training i did it uh, some years ago with john and I, I really i really enjoyed it i really learned a lot and i think it's very useful if you uh, are kind of hesitating or if you want uh, just to make sure that you know what 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 is uh, what is it about and then uh if you consider yourself a um, good um if you if you consider that you could do it, please apply. Uh, there is a link provided in the uh, in the e-notes, and probably it will be in each e-note. And it was also in uh, Mr. Z's uh, uh, email that precedes e-notes. So uh, there's.
0: Hello. No, it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> it was just, it was just a little moment of unmuted, but no worries.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I thought it was a question. Uh, yep, so I, I, I really encourage you. I really enjoy it. Uh, and uh, it's for everybody to try. We have a lot of vacancies this year. So we really need people to get on board to help. And also it's, it's really interesting. Like I was uh, before previously, I was on the MRM committee that was dealing with uh, uh, the COVID issue and pandemic um, started. And I, I it was very interesting. And um uh, we, we worked a lot, but I, I really enjoyed it.
1: Mm-hmm. I think Anna is being a little bit humble. Um she <laughs> you know, even in her second year, she uh she took over um a lot of additional responsibilities. Um she's learning kind of uh drinking from a fire hose, learning the whole governance side of it. Um <laughs> but uh, Anna, it's it's been a real pleasure to have you on the board and, and we're happy that uh that not only have you enjoyed your service, but you're also looking to extend your service on the board as well. So, well, thank uh, that's, you. That's a good thing. Thank and you. I should
0: I should hasten to mention that this is after already a number of years of service to the school and yes. PTO circles and PTO store and a and a variety of roles. So, you know, kudos and thanks uh, to your active involvement and in modeling for all of our parents uh, about being participants in the process. Um, in the e-notes tonight, as Anna pointed out, is the link for the Aspiring Board Members training, so please look for that link. Um, and there is also a link for the application for either appointed or elected positions. It's a, it's a uniform application, and you'll be asked a, a question in the application about whether you're interested in being appointed, running for election, or both. And then we'll talk to you and reach out to you right away after (laughs) so that you can become part of, uh, of the process in determining. And it also should be pointed out that our structure is such that we'll be looking at appointments first, and making those decisions, and then moving with our candidates into the election process. And you as parents, members of the school association will be voting on your selected candidate for each of the positions that are open this year. Two positions, one US, one non-US that will be open this year in an odd year. And so uh, that's, that's basically the process. Greg, anything else to add to that? Just, just to highlight those key dates, the, uh, the training that, that
1: both Anna and John have mentioned is on March 4th. That's, March 4th. Uh, that's Thursday, and it'll be in the evening after working hours. So please uh, pencil that into your schedules.
0: And it'll be virtual via Zoom, right. so you can sit in the comfort of your own home and participate.
1: Absolutely. Um, and the deadline for applications is March 8th. So there's still plenty of time to get your application in, but it, it will also approach quickly. So uh, we encourage everyone who's a part of our school community to consider this. And um, if you have any questions, you now know who Anna and I are, um, feel free to reach out to either of the two of us and we can provide more detail uh, if you're interested. Many people ask, what are the qualifications? Well, first and foremost, the commitment to children and to the school it really is. And, and then bring the experience that you have. Obviously, if you've got experience at, at various corporate skill levels, or if you have prior boards um, experience from other schools, that's always helpful, but it's not necessary. The qualification really to, to, to be considered uh, is either prior board experience or attending the training that we're offering on the 4th. So it's not a huge hurdle to get over. Uh, We encourage your participation and look forward to seeing a lot of your names out there as we consider our, our board for next
0: year. Thanks, John. No worries i appreciate that While well, i've got you two online too we want to take just a moment to talk about one of the strategic projects that the board's currently involved in and that's our culture of giving uh, magdalena Secula out there is helping to lead this project that was adopted by the board last year i wrote about it a little bit in e-notes tonight so please take a look there for more information on this initial launch as we start building this program Uh, and begin to talk about culture of giving and how we're going to embed this as the umbrella in the school for all of the projects uh, that will allow us to bring many elements of giving and receiving that we do in the school context into a structured and organized program um, across the board. And as you can see, our focus is gonna be on alumni, on building partnerships with the wider business community, uh, scholarships, grants, organizing fundraising events to also help the school, uh, and then actively promoting our service learning activities in a much more broad and expansive way, building those partnerships outside our walls and really making that connection back to the school. So look for more to be coming on this, but it's a great opportunity right now to kind of launch this and put this out in front of you and talk about in the future, the kinds of activities and things that you'll see, including uh, a collaborative event between the school and the PTO to kind of change up our end of year gathering uh, in a way that we hope to be able to pull off even in pandemic times uh, uh, with uh, safety and protocols uh, to have an event to really uh, uh, embrace this idea of the culture of giving at ASW. So um, look for more on that uh, very, in very short order. Um, okay, well, I think at that, um, we're going to move on to just kind of going through some of our no- numbers. I noticed, Dr. O, you're in the house, so good to have you here with us again tonight. Hi, hi, everybody. <laughs> I, I guess hi, everybody. you're uh, on the road and busy as you always are, and you and I have been doing a lot <laughs> yeah. today, so I know we've had a yeah. long schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy to be with you guys. No worries. Um, just a couple of things. It's kind of a mid-year point. And of course, I had to push off uh, February 3rd to today in terms of the meeting. Uh, but I just wanted to uh, bring out some numbers and statistics of where we're at. Um, the confidence rating and the, and the rolling survey is there for you to fill out every morning daily update. And I keep track of this. I read everything you write to me. And I just wanted to share that our compiled numbers for the last couple of months are here uh, and showing the strong confidence that the community continues to have for what we're doing and, and how we're continuing in our progress. And again, I wanna thank you all for your positive notes back and your feedback um, on my messages in the daily update, as well as my updates on a regular basis. You often write back to me and offer your praise. And then you also contribute to this rolling survey and keep telling us how well we're doing. Uh, In terms of the actual numbers, just the breakdown of our cases uh, across the school, it's about evenly distributed around the school. It looks like first, seventh and eighth are kind of tied. Uh, with the number of cases. Not all at one time, as you know, these are kind of dripped and drabbed in over the course of the year. Uh, The pieces of the pie that are extended out there to the right, that's elementary. So elementary versus upper school. So we have a bit more in upper school uh, in terms of the overall numbers, but our numbers still stay in that territory that demonstrate that our protocols are working because we have not seen uh, significant spread within our community. And, and we're quite proud of that. And, and Yarik and I have spent the better part of the last week sharing our results with groups of school heads, both in the CESA region as well as around the world today uh, with the Association for the Advancement of International Education um, earlier this afternoon. Um, in terms of sourcing, um, we're still predominantly seeing our source of infection coming from external sources. Uh, As you know, through the year, we kind of generally categorize these um, and try to identify through our contact tracing where we see the exposure coming from. And of course, that's been the source of many of my messages to you in trying to make sure we're making good decisions out there outside of the school. So, that we're protecting the community inside of the school. So, in, in the case of students, you can see the breakdown is predominantly in, external. We have a little bit more internal spread, presumed internal. Again, we'll never know for sure, which is why we say it's possible or probable. Uh, but, uh, you know, in the case of uh, cleaners and cafeteria workers earlier in the year, we did see some internal spread but predominantly, again, still external, including the external travel, external family. Um, you know, we, we still are seeing that our, our, our sources of our infection are coming from outside and we're not spreading internally, um, not in any significant way. And that's due to everything that everybody's doing to stay on protocol on the things that we're doing. Um, So that's kind of the update for the moment. Um, I just want to finish up with a a generalized update, although final decisions are still being formed. So I'm happy to take your input uh, through our various channels. Uh, But in the February break that's coming up, uh, we are doing the shorter break protocol, similar to what we did in October. Um, So we will be scheduling weekend drive-through testing on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday scenario. Monday, as you know, is... Uh, we're taking as a professional development day. Staff will be doing a virtual professional development day, uh, including options to get testing done during the course of that day if they need to, but we're gonna also maintain staff staff testing throughout the week of the break um, so that people that are not traveling uh, and are staying home as all of us should be doing uh, are, are taking that opportunity to stay on schedule. Um, as a school, we just do not recommend travel. There's nothing in uh, in the scenario, despite what's happening in terms of opening of things uh, that many are suggesting to me, um, there's really still nothing about, about travel and particularly gathering with groups of people not in our community bubble that we can recommend at this point. Uh, Dr. O, you might want to jump in on this too and help reinforce this, but I think... Despite the lowering numbers, we're still concerned about another wave, uh, uh, spreading and super spreading, and of course, variants. So there's really nothing that in my head supports um, travel or broad-based gathering in different kinds of activities at this stage.
3: Yeah, I fully agree with you, uh, John. I mean, we have uh, obviously the biggest concern uh, in the coming weeks, months, are the south african variants basically or is the south african variant because it appears that uh, the south african variant is actually uh, much more resistant to the currently available vaccines and obviously it would significantly uh, uh, put a you know a a big uh, halt to our Quick march to achieve herd immunity because if suddenly we uh, we you know discover that the new variant is actually completely resistant or even partly resistant to the vaccine, uh, we have to start from scratch again to vaccinate everybody. So it's better to to stay safe. Unfortunately, the quarantine rules of our country are extremely. Uh, it's like a single layer of Swiss cheese. You know, we have many layers of Swiss cheese in the school, but Poland as a country is like one layer of Swiss cheese and it has big holes, many exceptions to this rule, many people gaming the system. So it's generally not safe, uh, you know, to to travel because again, uh, whoever travels will come back without many, uh, you know, many repercussions. Whereas, as you guys, I'm sure, Read and here, you know, the UK has put a significant uh, fine on people who lie about uh, where they have been. It's even now up to 10 years in prison. Uh, many countries in uh, the Southeast Asian uh, region and Australia, they have a strict uh, quarantine on everybody who enters the country of for 14 days, like Australia, with the recent Australian open and people. You know, getting first stuck in the hotel for, for 14 days after arriving and then getting stuck because there was one case of COVID.
4: So in general,
3: uh, you know, and remember, the, the new strains are generally more infectious, so it's much easier to get infected. Uh, so, uh, and they have been discovered already in Europe, uh, Again, mainly people who come back you know, from, uh, uh, from the Arabian Peninsula and other countries. So uh, better to stay safe, you know, uh, we will get there, you know, we will get to travel again, uh, but this is probably not the time yet.
0: Yeah. And, and again, with this winter weather and, and things, you know, some messaging of, of things opening that becomes more difficult to sustain and get people to accept yeah. that it's just not worth rushing right now and, and, and worth the potential uh, danger associated with this. And again, I know that we also get locked into this complacency a little bit. And and maybe I'm even a poster child for this. I was lucky. My case was a light case, or at least it seems to be. I seem to have recovered, not too significant consequences. But you have no way to predict that. And others have experienced more serious consequences. And certainly we know that outside of our bubble, there's even cases with much more serious consequences. So there still is this risk, and we don't yet know what the level of, of consequences might be for that exposure that you might be taking a risk on. Um, Uh, I I think uh, we're not going to talk a lot about vaccines tonight because there's a lot happening on that. So I think it's probably best if we just go ahead and go uh, to Slido at this point and I'll start answering questions and Dr. O, you can help me where possible on this. Uh, I know that there are some questions about my case and I guess one way to start this is just to say hey, I, 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 I'm sorry if I didn't fully communicate effectively when I was reporting to you that we had another case and oh, by the way, it's me. Uh, and so I have to be clear in saying I, I didn't maybe effectively communicate some information about our contact tracing in that event as I was rushing to push that out while I was also getting settled into isolation at home. So um, we may we may consider that tonight as we're going through. Um, shortening the school year community follow ESW advice. haven't seen our family in two years. I, I understand this. However, it's still a, a a bit more of a minority opinion relative to changing the current year calendar. And while we've socialized and discussed this to a certain extent at board level, and I've certainly discussed this with the board chair, um, there's really been no momentum behind a, a shift or a change to the school year at this point, um, Now, that could change, Uh, conditions could change, and we could see more serious issues uh, uh, coming at us, Uh, or there could be a a growth in this opinion of looking at this opportunity. Uh, But our monitoring and our dialogue has not yielded a push for uh, changing our calendar in any way, shape, or form for the current year other than the tweaks we've done for parent conferences and for professional development days where they can help us to solve other problems, which we communicated back in October and we're following through on. So again, um, we're not planning any uh, calendar changes at this point in time. Um, the next one is about my case and it says, why why are those that met with John in mass considered close contacts and teachers who have students without mass in the classroom, not considered close contacts? Well. First of all, we want students wearing masks, so I'm hoping that we're addressing that and dealing with that. Um, I, I miscommunicated. I should have said uh, possible close contacts, and we've used this terminology before when describing adult interactions where protocols were generally followed, and I have to say masks were worn, so there shouldn't be any concern about that, but the meeting was a little bit longer in duration, but there was distancing, and so we weren't clear that it was a close contact. And I should have said possible because we've done that in the past and in possible close contact situations, we've done this protocol of increased testing and of a shorter break period in order to ascertain um, and protect the potential for spread uh, by doing the higher frequency of testing, which we also do when we have individual cases. So it's a judgment call on the part of the committee Sometimes we say very clearly close contacts as we did with the seniors uh, that were in the close uh, contact setting. We said that's close contacts, but the other setting was less close contacts. It was a possible, but it wasn't a direct. So we increased the frequency of testing. And again, crisis team reviews these and makes that decision on the basis of the information we have in front of us. Um, so that's the reason for that. Um, again, remember, close-
3: Close contact is defined as 15 minutes, less than a meter and a half, uh, no masks. Okay. Correct. Anything else is not considered close contact. Just to be yeah. precise.
0: Yeah. So then, and so I then, know like, it's
3: uh, you know it's difficult to to define in the end, you know, ultimately what was and what what was not, like John said. But again, this is a good benchmark I think to use. So if there are masks, then it's not considered close contact.
0: Exactly. And 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 again, we were looking at it through the lens of it was a longer period of time, but masks were worn and things were followed. So we said, okay, well, this this, this might, so let's be precautionary. Let's do the additional testing and we'll monitor it. Uh, grade one does not have the biggest numbers. We just saw in the chart, it's tied with seventh and eighth grade. Um, it, it, and it, it's not it's not the total number of cases, it's how they emerge over time. So we've just followed the normal protocol, focusing on the areas where the cases emerge. We have done additional cleaning. Um, we haven't closed per se, but we have done um, you know deep cleaning where we've needed to. And we've also deployed uh, additional equipment in order to address um, those infections as they've emerged. So, um, you know, again, after each positive case, we do do cleaning. I don't always communicate that because it's just par for the course. We send the cleaning team in any place that we think um, needs additional uh, focus. Um, And so that's on a case-by-case basis. If there's ever a a need or somebody feels like there should be additional cleaning, all you have to do is request it. And we're happy uh, to send the crew in during the time uh, after, after hours in order to be able to address those situations. Um, so I think I answered this one already. Again, they weren't close contacts. They were possible close contacts. they met the criteria, uh, but and that's why we did the shortened exclusion and then the follow protocol. And again, we've done this before. We did it back in the fall uh, with selected adults when we did contact tracing. Some we excluded because there was clear evidence of a lack of masks. Others we did not. So again, we take it on a case-by-case basis and make our judgment calls. Uh, Why are those who travel presumed positive excluded for 10 days? Well, travel is a seven-day exclusion, uh, which is again about an incubation period and then about testing to determine whether we have any concerns or any potential issue. So the, the two are not related to each other. And, and the best way I can answer that is just to say those two aren't related to each other and aren't part of that. Um, everyone is using remote work as a preventative measure. Why is ASW not using it when possible? Administrative staff can usually work remotely on the rotation. Well, again, we're trying to make decisions on remote work based on um, the current situation. So, you know, when we need to turn on remote work, we do. Um, And we also respond, uh, you know, to uh, situations, to numbers outside, uh, to community issues. Again, it's a case by case basis. So um, if an employee comes and we start talking about that, there are ways for us to do that. And we certainly do respond to those um, within the context of our decision-making. So sometimes we do turn the switch on that. And, and sometimes we do do rotation when we think it's necessary and feasible to do so. Um, if distance disinfection and mask rules are followed, how is it possible internal spread? Well, again, it's presumed internal spread, but as Yarek and I've been talking about, we don't really know for sure if it's internal spread. We're just presuming it based on close proximity, based on contact, um, but we don't know for sure. I don't know that mine was in, my infection was an internal spread. It could have been from another source. Um, uh, and it could have been earlier or later or right before I tested positive, it could have been a new infection. Um, uh, I actually kind of think it was a new infection because, um, uh, you know, no, nobody in my family, uh, was infected. So I'm kind of yeah. wondering now if that positive test, I was on the very early stages of an infection rather than a later infection as was presumed. Um. So, you know, you don't know. This is the fallacy of trying to nail this down. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that, you know, I mean,
4: we, we did a lot of post-mortem uh, analyses of your case and uh, Jim's case, and I think actually they were probably unrelated uh, to each other. Uh, so, um, and obviously we would not know uh, for sure, even if we did sequencing of the of the genome of the virus, because... Uh, we don't know what the source was, but I, again, my my, you know, gut feeling based on the timelines and also the course of the disease uh, uh, makes me think that they were unrelated and not internally spread.
0: Yeah. So again, we're kind of guessing. We're trying to categorize it for data purposes, but we don't have a one hundred percent determination of any of these. Um, Um, Yarek, we haven't talked about this, and maybe we just talk about it openly here. Parents and grandparents who have second dose of COVID vaccine, would we be looking at potentially qualifying them for entry into our cohorts?
4: Uh, Sorry, I didn't get the question.
0: So we've got a question here about parents, uh, parents that are in group zero on the vaccination list. Grandparents grandparents, obviously yeah. in group one, if a, after their second dose of COVID yep. vaccine, would we be looking in our protocols to allowing their entry into our cohorts? I mean, is something well, about infectiousness that we still don't know yet? Yeah, I mean, the,
4: you know, I, uh, I, I would say that anybody who is uh, being tested can be part of our cohorts. Uh, the vaccination, again, I mean, until we have good data showing that the vaccine actually prevents, uh, prevents infection and spread. So in other words, you actually never become infectious when you are vaccinated. We don't have the data yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some uh, preliminary data from a post hoc analysis from AstraZeneca based on a very limited number of cases that uh, their their vaccine may be reducing asymptomatic infection, so in fact, would be preventing one from getting infected altogether, uh, by about 49%. Okay, So there is a risk reduction, but it's still 50-50, so it's still flip of a coin. So I would say, at this stage, before we reach herd immunity as a community, uh, we continue with the same protocol, no matter whether you are vaccinated uh, or not.
0: Yep. And, I, and, I, and I, I value, so the answer to the question is, we don't know the answer yet, but are kind of leaning right now as we stay the course on our protocols, and we hold off on admitting parents or grandparents into our, into our cohorts, unless they're following our protocols, which we've done for a small uh, group of volunteer parents. Uh, but uh, right now we don't see that changing until we have more data on the table.
4: It's a bit different for recovered individuals, so we have the three months grace period for recovered individuals, but it's different because there is good evidence showing that people who have had COVID are relatively, let's say you know I mean 999.999 times out of a thousand, they will not get
0: infected in the first three months right and and yet but we're still missing data on whether they can be infectious to others or is that also settled science
4: well yeah we are missing data on this but i think we have good enough evidence that you know the three the three months is relatively safe from getting infected at all uh, so uh, so that's why the you know the relative uh, relative grace although again you know, f- f- from today's perspective, in order to be safe, uh, again, until we reach herd immunity in our school population, uh, we do not have any reason to change anything.
0: Right. And and we also have talked about, although we've not implemented yet, but we're certainly talking about updates to the app to track this information. So yeah, absolutely, we're working towards a place where parents who are recovered could be in the app and they could also have their status as a recovered individual carried in that app so that in the future we could consider this when the science is settled on this. So maybe that will help. Um, shortening the school year, you know, I haven't surveyed. This has been generalized conversation. Again, I've answered this already. Um, that there's not currently a belief on the part of the board or administration um, or those that are talking about it um, to change the school year. So, you know, again, we might survey at some point. Uh, it, I'll talk with the board again uh, at their next meeting about the possibility of considering this. Uh, but we have, you know, socialized this and talked about this, and there does, there has not been a strong Um, directional uh, uh, request for this. Um, It's only been uh, a few people who have approached me on an occasional basis, but there's no definitive data pressing that forward. Um, Why does John oversee? I don't oversee testing personally. I do participate in helping out in testing on an occasional basis. I'm probably only out there maybe 10 to 20% of the time. Um, And usually it's relative to cases where we're actually following protocol and potentially doing contact tracing. We follow you know, safety protocols in this regard. So again, I don't oversee testing personally on any kind of a regular basis. It's an occasional basis and when I'm helping out because we're getting staff in place or we've got a particular load. So it's not that I'm overseeing it personally, but I, I am looking and I do help to organize on occasion uh, in order to assist our team in making sure that things go smoothly out there. Uh, Will the school consider going virtually after each vacation? No, and and I know that it worked well after Christmas holiday, but that was the longer break. And we talked about that very early on. The challenge of choosing to do virtual after every single vacation um, is the ups and downs and the disjointedness of this. But more importantly, it's the school saying through that process that we're actually validating the travel or doing other activities is appropriate. And, and so I struggle with going virtual after each vacation in order to essentially give the message that we're encouraging travel or that we're, that we're protecting because we expect everyone is going to travel. I don't, and I, and I don't expect people to put themselves at risk um, and, and would hope that if they do choose that, the small minority, that they'll also choose the exclu- make sure that they report it and take the exclusion for the seven days um, after the vacation. And, and again, for the shorter vacations, October being the first one that worked well for us. Um, you know, I think following this pattern of having a smaller amount of time do the return testing so we know everybody's safe, get back into school, get back on schedule and then deal with the individual cases rather than taking these sporadic virtual time. Again, our goal was to stay in school. That's the goal of the program. And so we don't take going into virtual mode lightly um, as as the way in which it interrupts our our learning process. Um, uh, As above, medical staff is sufficient to conduct testing. So again, I answered this question. Um, if you don't know the source of my infection, Mr. Zerfel, how can you be sure that it's internal spread? I, I don't know. And again, if I didn't communicate that effectively, I, 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 I'm sorry, but I, I, we don't know. And we just answered that, that it, we don't know for sure. It, we always say it as possible internal spread, not as internal spread for sure. We don't know for sure. And so I'm trying not to contradict myself. But as I said, When I was writing and communicating that day, I was also a person who'd just been informed that you are a positive for COVID. So as all of those people out there who have dealt with uh, COVID infection themselves know, you're not necessarily in your best frame of mind. So if I didn't communicate that effectively, I'm sorry. Uh, is it possible to get a teacher to be part of a crisis team? No, I've asked and answered this before. The crisis team is an action team. They all have responsibilities that they follow up on following our meetings in order to put things into play. So I, I'm not considering that. It's not a representative body. It doesn't represent every aspect of the school because everybody that's there on the crisis team is representing everybody. And they're doing due diligence in that process. Uh, kids reported seeing staff members in staff rooms not wearing masks. Well, we're ramping up a check on that. Uh, I don't know that that's the case. Um, you know, we, we shouldn't be doing that. We should be wearing masks in any setting uh, where there's multiple individuals, but clearly we got a little bit relaxed in some settings. And so um, we've been looking around the school to see where we need to ramp up and how it is. Uh, that we can uh, tighten our procedures, particularly in those offices and spaces where there's multiple adults present. We should be following all of us, uh, the same standards across the school. And we are looking to make sure that we're doing that. Uh, How's internal spread possible if you wear masks? Well, we don't know, you know, uh, internal spread or spread in general is still an inexact science, but we do believe that wearing masks and keeping distance is not a place where internal spread would happen. And again, we didn't break school protocol. I don't know what, what this question is aimed at in terms of what it's trying to find, but it's really, we don't. And again, I've already discussed the communication and the fact that I apologize again profusely if I didn't communicate that effectively. Feels like some rules are followed by kids, but not all staff. Again, I asked and answered. I, I think everybody should be following the rules at all times. We're trying to be as consistent as we possibly can. Um, yes, thank you for that. It looks like some of us will never be happy no matter what measures the school will take. It does feel that way sometimes on the side. Uh, but again, I do appreciate parents out there and the degree to which they're sharing messages with me of absolute support uh, for what we're doing and what we're accomplishing. So again, thank you for that. Um, Okay, so I'm not sure where this came from. I didn't have symptoms. I was an asymptomatic identification. I suggested, and as people were talking about it, that I felt like there was some allergy symptoms coming on, which I regularly are de- am dealing with, but I really didn't have symptoms. I didn't have a cough. I didn't have a runny nose. I, I, I just felt like my sinuses were getting stuffed up. So again it's not a symptom it wasn't a covid symptom it wasn't anything that led me to believe that um, there was what you know there are oftentimes where people are trying to understand and and yarek you talked about this too there are all these other regular diseases going on and we're always trying to make these dis- distinctions between covid and other illnesses so a winter cold or sniffles or allergies and, and, and there are some times where people make judgment calls and say, well, I just don't think this is COVID. It's not the four key symptoms. And it, I think I just need to stay home for a day. And they don't think, and, and we don't think to tick the box on that and say, I'm dealing with COVID symptoms, therefore I should keep my whole family at home. Um, and that's, we always knew that was going to be the challenge during this winter season is all of these other normal illnesses that are still there. Yeah. And very often, you
4: know, you, you will have situations. And I think probably during the winter season, more often than not, that you are coming down with a cold and then uh, your organism is a bit weaker so you get COVID as well mm-hmm. later. So it starts with a runny nose, and you're not expecting anything, you're not suspecting anything, and then it turns into COVID. It's very, it's it's very common, you know. You start with a common cold, and then it becomes flu. You start with flu, it becomes bronchitis, and you know there there is uh, there is a lot of uh, a upper respiratory tract infections, b a lot of allergies, uh, and uh, it's it's just it's just difficult, and and we have to rely. You know, on uh, a common sense, b scientific evidence, which says, okay, we have the most common symptoms, because if it was anything, I mean, everybody would be home all the time.
0: hmm Yeah.
4: Hence, we oh. have testing. Hence, we have attestation. Hence, we have other, you know, Swiss cheese layers. This is just one Swiss cheese layer, you know. And yeah. And again, it's 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 it's
0: the the least I think exact <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, You know, I I came back Monday after 10 days after my positive diagnosis. I didn't really have any significant symptoms. I think the only thing I had was a headache. I had no temperature. um, None of the other major symptoms. Again, I I had a mild case. But, Jarek, we're doing 10 days from the day of infection, which is consistent with the Polish rules. Someone's asking here about 10 days symptom-free how, how are we managing that in terms of return? What do you mean? 10 days symptom-free? I, I, You're don't. asking the question, don't you need to be symptom-free no. for 10 days? No, 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 no As no. you explained under the current rules in, in Poland, it's 10 days from... It's 10 days from positive test or mm-hmm. 10 days from first day of symptoms, but
4: usually it's 10 days from positive test. And then if you have symptoms, Then your primary, if you have symptoms typical of COVID, your primary care physician will examine you on day between 7 and 8, I think, Mm -hmm. and then they will tell you whether you are okay to uh, go uh, off on day 10 or you have to stay until day 12
0: gotcha okay and again i didn't have any significant symptoms and my healthcare provider said yeah. they thought everything was fine so i i'm presuming i followed the normal protocol and i know we interact with parents on asw health to try to answer this on a regular basis so again uh and
4: then again you know we have obviously we have uh,
0: you know by by design
4: we have a completely different uh uh system of of safety uh, than the government, because the government does not require antigen testing mm-hmm. upon return. Yeah. Which, which Maybe, I
0: took a test and... and which, uh,
4: together, which we yeah. require. Yeah. So To be honest, I mean, you know, we could be, I mean, uh, you know, for many of my clients uh, were, let's say it's, it's less risky an environment. Let's say there's an office of 20 people. I even recommend, you know, you can come back after five days, do a test, and then see if you're positive or negative. Mm-hmm. Because if, if it's negative, then you're fine to go. You know, you don't have to stay 10 days because yeah. again, probably we caught you on day three, four. So it's like, you know, again, the seven, eight
0: days and you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I've got a couple questions here about virtual break. I think I've really already covered that. So due to business and family obligations, we would appreciate information on whether February break stays, it stays. Uh, do you plan to go virtual after the break? No, we do not. Okay, so that just kind of summarized what we talked about earlier. This question, same thing. Um, Kids reported seeing a bunch of first graders hugging Mr. Z on corridor. I don't remember hugging any group of kids. Um, And if they approached me as they sometimes do, I didn't kneel down and was nowhere in terms of distancing rules. So um, I think in the few times that I've been out in the corridor, um, I've talked with kids, but I've maintained distance the entire time. So I'm not sure what kids are reporting there. I don't remember that. Um, and again, I haven't been out in the corridors a lot, but I did in, the, in the few day, a few days prior to my positive test, which was also right after my negative test. Um, I was about the school in a couple of different settings, uh, uh, both in uh, upper school cohort as well as elementary. But I have no recollection of any group of kids giving me a hug. I think everybody did a great job. And I watched kids working at desks in a couple of settings. And I helped out at the entryway for a little bit on one morning, but I have no recollection of any of what's described here. Um, Shouldn't we thank teachers daily instead of monitoring them? I'm not sure what that means. They come every day to teach and care for our kids. They're at the highest risk in the school. I thank teachers constantly for everything that they're doing under this protocol. So I'm not sure what this question is trying to get to, but um, yeah, we should thank teachers daily and hourly uh, (laughs) and every minute of every day for everything that they're doing to keep things going. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, We should thank the teachers, nurses, security guards, janitors, Mr. Z in general, all the staff that works ASW providing for a safe and open school. Thank you for that. Um, this is a sample of uh, some of the messages that I'm getting on a regular basis, so I really appreciate that. Uh, another thank you, Mr. Z, thank you for keeping our school open and safe. We have many saints in this community that only know how to complain. Well, I guess that goes with any organization. You're always going to have questions and, um, and, and concerns, and so that's fine. We understand that. Um, let's see. There have been multiple questions about the calendar, lots of upvotes. Clearly, this is a concern. Well, not necessarily. Um, we'll find out and we'll check and we'll, we'll get information and see what we can get on that. But again, uh, I think it's still very much in the minority. Uh, big shout out to the librarian, Miss Kira F., for the reading tickets action, a brilliant concept and excellent promotion. Yay, hey, hey, Miss Kira, good job for you. Um, appreciation for uh, everything you're doing to kids reading. We always love that. Um, the SW board, can you please address the problem of the disrespecting tone being officially used by the director? Email from February 9th. I don't think my tone's been disrespectful. I think it's been clear and trying to clarify things. So, but, you know, right to the board, uh, they are welcome to receive your input on my performance. Uh, they do a regular evaluation of me and they use information from parents. So please feel free to share your thoughts. I welcome that um addresses parents in a quite disrespectful way um, again i can be direct when i'm needing to deal with issues uh, that are clearly articulated and communicated um, again we are welcome to share your comments with the asw board um, you can write to um, ASW Trustees at aswarsaw.org um, and that goes directly to the board Um, And or you can join in any way that you choose to uh, to talk to them Um, again, if I don't believe it's disrespectful when I'm directing in safety situations, parents to do certain things. So um, but I'm happy to receive your feedback always. Um, Loud argument between director. This was a direction on my part to a parent who was leaving a vehicle in the kiss and go zone. Parents, remember, you may not leave your vehicles. If you're gonna need to leave your vehicle, please park, but do not leave your vehicle unattended in the kiss and go zone. It's unsafe and has created significant situations for us with other parents who may need to move or in emergency situations. I've tried to be clear on that. In this case, a parent was refusing to follow my direction. I raised my voice, but again, um, it, it was pretty clear what I was asking uh, the parent to do. Uh, same for this question in terms of what somebody believes they observed. Um, relieved and grateful to learn the most serious case is improving within our community. Yes, uh, uh, Mr. Young is uh, improving and home, and uh, so uh, we're very happy about that. Uh, as we approach a cusp, the hope is we remain conservative and safe, and I agree with that. We're trying to stay on that track. Um, Internal spread diagnosed within very, again, we're not saying for sure it's internal spread. It's possible. Um, and we are communicating every case. So I'm not sure what that's about. Uh, kids take masks off to dinner in class for seven hours. Well, again, uh, they're wearing masks as much as feasible. That's the protection in the Swiss cheese layer. And when eating, they're not necessarily breathing or, or creating Um, the aerosols in the same way. But again, our data speaks for itself that despite that, we have not seen spread or or massive um, movement uh, of infection. We have not seen a spread of infection amongst our student body. So again, the data suggests that we have stemmed the tide of infection despite that. And I, I, I guess I'm just going to push back a little bit and say the data demonstrates that what we're doing is working, even with eating with masks off for a short period of time. Um, so again, I think, I think our data speaks for itself. Um, I didn't disappear any questions. I don't know what that's about. I click a checkbox after I answer a question. So please stop suggesting that there's something nefarious going on because it's not true. Um, PTO, could you survey families since really he doesn't seem to want to find, you know, now, now you're just being mean. And, and it, I'll, if you think I need to survey, I will survey. I did survey you on the calendar for 22-23. There's an open-ended question. I read all the comments. It'll be shared with the board. If you, if you think we need to survey or if the board thinks we need to survey, we'll survey. It doesn't, you don't need to suggest that PTO needs to do it because I don't want to. I've suggested to you that we've discussed this, and there is no strong belief that we should be changing the calendar at this time. I don't know what more I can say. Um, The reference to interaction from the school, a person observed that two different parents were disregarding and disrespecting the parking rules for safety. So again, that's what I was trying to say as I was trying to interact. I don't do that often, I try to help our guard team. Our guard team regularly reports that they are involved in situations where there's quite a bit of disrespect um, from some some parents, not a vast majority who do a great job out there, but uh, they sometimes feel like they need a little bit of support out there. So I come out there to support them. Uh, The school made it possible for our children to attend live outstanding job, put it bluntly, put your kids to a public or another school if you're not happy." Well, I don't necessarily agree with that, but thank you for the sentiment. I appreciate it. Uh, Bill, no such thing as a crystal ball, but have you given thought to next year and to what extent protocols and operations will be similar to this year? Yarik and I have been presenting around the world on this. Yarik, we're gonna stay pretty much status quo through 21-22, right? Well, I mean, I I wish I could have a better answer than uh, what you just said, John.
4: Uh, because again, I, you know, as I as I mentioned to you, my the happiest day in my life will be when I will become extinct as a company. Uh, but uh, it's it seems for now. I mean, you know, in order for normalcy to return, we need to achieve this uh, magical herd immunity level. Now, when we look at the vaccine efficacy and how it's evolving and how we are evolving with the vaccine coverage, you know, we will probably need to get to around and you know, wild calculations that I made uh, between 70 and 90% of the population vaccinated to get to herd immunity. So uh, given that the new strains may become less, uh, Mm -hmm. less uh, uh, responsive to the vaccines. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, get ready for for another year. Uh, I I think, you know, we are as committed as John to helping you guys operate normally throughout this pandemic. And we will do our best to make sure that, uh, you know, no matter what circumstances, that uh, you can remain open and you can remain safe.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, the next question here is, uh, how, do you, how did you get it externally if you didn't go anywhere? Well, asymptomatic transmission from individuals in your own family that you interact with, um, I may have interacted with a delivery person or uh, you know, some other small interaction that could have been a, a point of, uh, of infection. Again, there's just no way to know for sure. That's why we say possible, probable, but we never have hundred percent. Uh, Crisis team is cabinet, which is the primary leadership team in the school. And then it's enhanced by our medical team. Yarick sits on the crisis team uh, in every instance. Uh, We have communications there and we have security there. So again, it's an action oriented team uh, that's ready to act on uh, the information that we glean from the contact tracing done either by an administrator or the nurse or a bit of both. We all collaborate on that. Um, and then uh, we make very uh, effective and critical decisions that we can then push out to the community in short order. So again, it's cabinet plus selected others um, that serve a role in the team and have follow-up responsibility uh, and, and for things like facility, for security, for communication. Um, so that's the crisis team. Um, thank you for the requirements for safe entry. We're glad that keeping children safe is a priority. It's hard to see those who only think of their wants. Uh, questions keep disappearing. You know what? It's not, they're not disappearing. People are upvoting other questions. And so the questions are further down on the list, but they're coming back. So just be patient. They'll reemerge here. There's no questions that are being deleted. It's just the way they scroll on the screen. Uh, Teachers only have their masks off when eating their lunches. Teachers supervise children eating lunch with their masks off daily, again, at their own risk. So, okay, again, trying to add some more information to the mix. One kindergarten mother consistently goes against ASW guidelines. We'll deal with those on a case-by-case basis. Please just let a teacher know or let an administrator know so that we can interact and uh, try to help understand what the requirements are. Parents who are on site outside of the cohorts on campus are required to wear masks at all times and please wear them properly cover your noses make sure that they're properly fitting uh, and please do a good job of following our protocols we appreciate it uh it's disappointing to hear so much questioning criticism of teachers when they are on the front lines i agree please don't criticize teachers they're doing the most brilliant work right now in both in-person teaching, as well as how they're serving kids who are virtual and online and in hybrid mode uh, as well. So again, heartfelt thanks to teachers for everything that they're doing. There is no need for any criticism. Um, why are people writing that questions are disappearing without being answered? I see each question. Yeah, thank you. I, I just said that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, what about all the questions you in the background? I didn't delete anything. Sorry, I didn't. Um, the whole COVID protocol regarding staff members need to be looked at who has access to staff members COVID that I don't know that and I don't understand that question. Um, we monitor that and I don't understand what the question's about. Uh, for those of us following protocol school is the only place our kids get social interaction in a shortened year only benefits those who don't want to follow see mixed opinion about calendar shortening and calendar changes. This is what I'm afraid of is we'll get 50-50 polarization and we won't really achieve um, an outcome. But again, happy to take your feedback and happy to take your input. If everyone reported each sneeze as you are asking for, well, I didn't ask for that, but the whole school would be sitting home. Yes, that's the problem is that some of these things, you have to make a judgment call and we have to work as best we can in trying to deal with it. Um, not much more I can say on that, uh, to, because Mr. Z is quite harsh as parents, right? Yeah, maybe so. Um, again, I'll take that on. If I was overly aggressive, I apologize. I did not mean to do that. I was thinking safety and I was being told, no, I'm not going to follow your direction. And that's hard for me to accept. Thank you. Um, thanks for the, thanks for good to have you back. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Uh, Which link can we use for the town hall meeting Um, The after um, this town hall meeting the recording goes up on a couple of different channels, look at the daily update tomorrow and it'll tell you where the video is posted you can just click on any of those links, Uh, but the easiest place is go to uh, simplicity.org. And click on the director's desk link and all the videos are there. You can go back and watch every single video binge watch during the February break all of our town hall meetings back through March and you'll really have uh, a fun time laughing at how how it was early in the early days and how we've progressed since then. um when you delete questions why are they, they there's no deleted the check mark simply says it's been answered so when i click that check mark it means i answered your question okay uh is it possible the school designate acceptable toilet facilities for the use of parents who are not allowed into the school um we have designated the um toilets in the main entry area as usable for that purpose so again that's the only ones as well as we have, and I I hate to suggest this, but we do have the porta potties outside, but I I don't, that's not what they're there for. They're just there for emergency use. So uh, please uh, just uh, ask at the main entrance at the security desk and they can direct you. Um, That's the only area that we make accessible and it's there because we're also doing testing in that area. Uh, Another voice, please do not shorten the school year. Okay, thank you for your voice. Um, People are traveling and not reporting accurately, so why not be rather safe than sorry? Because, again, it's all about trying to maintain our goal. And we'll catch the people who are reporting in very short order. We will make sure that we exclude any individual that we identify as having traveled. We have done that actively recently. It's been very effective. We have effectively identified and we have excluded on that basis. So we'll handle it uh disappearing questions the more people vote for questions higher goes yeah see that's the way it works right <laughs> uh, another voice I would like a shortened school year this is why formal surveys need all people have a voice uh yeah okay I'll take it under advisement and talk to the board and we'll make a decision on whether we go out for a survey and I'm done I made it Yorick any final words, Jarek, that right. we want to, any final words that we <laughs> well, want to say okay. on health and safety? Anything hmm. to add to the conversation?
4: No, I think, again, you know, uh, <clears throat> I know you guys are tired. I mean, everybody is tired. Uh, the uh, external yeah. aura is not helping. You know, it's dark, it's uh, cold. Uh, so hang in there. I mean, uh, you know, you're not alone. We're all in this together. And uh the, the, the better we protect our bubble, the uh, stronger we will come out of it.
0: There you go. Well said. And, <laughs> uh, and I appreciate as always uh, your partnership in this. Um, we're really definitely on board. Um, let's see. I just wanna double check comments over here. I didn't see anything I missed that wasn't answered over here. Again, if there's something I've missed, I apologize. I think we just went through a lot of questions. Um, I think we're done. I, I, I thank you for your attention tonight, Yarick. Thank you as always for your partnership and for thank your you, pleasure. pleasure. Um, <laughs> Greg's still there? Greg, uh, you want to say a farewell message?
1: Sure. sure. Thanks, John. Um, first off, I just want to say we're
0: we're grateful to
1: have you back on your feet and back in the school, John. So um, very happy about that. Um, also thank you i know there were some tough questions out there tonight and many of them involved the uh the board making the board aware of things um many members of the board are sitting in on every single one of these town halls yeah Uh, so you'll see people saying hi in the chat Um, i saw at least three or four different board members who are on tonight Uh, i listened to everything that was said i saw all the questions um so let me let me just reiterate john that <clears throat> you specified the way for parents to reach to the board if they have a concern. Um, <clears throat> I would consider that the appropriate way to deal with these kind of questions. Yeah. A Public shaming. Um, just speaking from me to the parents, please be responsible in how you address issues. There are protocols. And, and we are happy to receive information that you have. If you have a concern, we will certainly consider it and, uh, and take it on, oh. on advisement, as John mentioned. The board supervises John, and we um, twice a year in a formal setting and many times a year in an informal setting uh, evaluate John's performance. And mm-hmm. so, if you do have concerns, we welcome uh, you to submit those concerns. Please make sure that they're accurate and that they're documented appropriately, but we'll take those under advisement. This is this forum, I, I just want to encourage people to think about the audience of this forum. It's a great chance to get answers. Uh, we, we have Dr. Olishek joining us on this. Many of these questions, you know, he's giving us his valuable time. Many of these questions can be dealt with in a different venue in a different way. So John, I, I do commend you on uh, how you handle this. I, uh, I am very familiar with Slido. I use it on, as on, in my job on a regular basis. I know exactly how the questions work they were not being deleted. So I'm just going to put that out there.
0: <laughs> I think and we I, got through got everyone. Through we got through every question. <laughs>
1: there was no question deleted. So uh, the the parents that were that were making that, please uh, be responsible. That's pretty much all I have tonight. I, I want to thank everyone who joined the group. And thank you, John, again, for having me on. And uh, I, I do encourage anyone who's interested in, in uh, getting involved at the board to take advantage of some of the information that we shared early on. And if you missed it and you joined late, uh, John just told you how to see the recording.
0: There you go. Thank you and
1: have a good evening.
0: (laughs) Thanks everyone. Have a great evening out there. Take care of yourself. Stay safe, stay healthy and uh, go give your kids a hug for me, okay? All right, have a good night.